So, my name is Sha. Hey, I'm Dugo. Uh, you know how it is. We out here. Uh, I'm not sure what episode this is, but you know we're back at it again. We had some breaking news to start the show. I think Jack- this is this is episode five. I- Yo, big breaking news! If you guys, all right, do you want to break it or should I? You can go ahead, go for it. All right. So if you guys have the Sleeper app, which is an amazing app, you can play Dynasty football there. Redraft. It's super customizable. Amazing league. They even have betting if you're interested in that kind of thing. And I use Sleeper for our Dynasty and our Redraft League. So, Sleeper gives you notifications. They let you adjust your league. And they let you do a bunch of shit. But I just got a Sleeper notification. Which means one of three things on March 3rd, 2022. What's that, Jahai? I got a trade offer. Dank. There is breaking news. What was the breaking news? Well, it's either trade off or breaking news. It ended up being breaking news. Okay. And uh, a certain receiver. Okay. From Ohio State, ran a four two six forty. Okay. Some. Who was this? I mean, I know they got a couple really good guys coming out. Was it Chris Olave or was it Garrett Wilson? Who do you think it was? I think it was Olave. I think he's a little quicker than Wilson. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah? A little bit. Good for him, man. Chris Olave is a beast. I think that's going to probably make his stock jump up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I could definitely see him possibly. I don't know. Like, a lot of. I feel like a lot of fantasy uh, mocks and even just mocks in general as far as, like, uh, the NFL draft itself. It's kind of, like, flip-flop on him. Like, if he is a first-round prospect or if some people have him in the second. Um, I think he's a bona fide first. Um, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a bona fide first at this point. Like, if anyone had him in the second, I think I think this definitely uh, puts him right up there. Um, I don't think he's wide receiver one. I think Garrett Wilson and uh, Jamison Wilson, uh, Williams, I think they hold the number one card. Uh, but I definitely would put him up there with, like, Traylon Burks, especially like with him having some... I'd say some drop issues and stuff today at the combine. Would, what, what what are your thoughts on Chris Olave? Well, I like Chris Olave. I don't know if I'm taking him in the first round because I'm looking for a more well-rounded receiver. Okay. So Jamison Williams, Traylon Burks, um, you know David Bell, Drake London, even mm-hmm. I am bigger on than Chris Olave. Okay. I think Jahan Dotson is a beast. I think, obviously, you have... Um, and I'm blanking on the quarterbacks. Forgive me. Um, you're talking about, like... Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Isaiah Spiller. Yeah. So, you're already at, like, nine. Yeah. You're going to slip another, you know, receiver in there to make it a wall around to ten. And so, do you take Chris Olave, or are you taking someone along the lines of, like... Uh, Maybe, I mean, I guess you can't really compare him to Jalen Tolbert because Jalen Tolbert's going to be so much later in the draft, mm-hmm. apparently. Um, but uh, he had a really impressive 40. He ran really fast. Mm-hmm. And we've seen that in one of two ways. There's a Tyreek Hill who ran a 4 2 and he's Tyreek Hill, wide receiver one if you have him in Dynasty. But then there's also a John Ross who ran a 4 and I... I haven't seen a John Ross highlight since, like, 2019, 
2019. I think he's out of the league. If he's not, I don't know where he is. Yeah. So, I mean, we've seen speedsters win and fail. But the thing that also kind of draws me a little bit off of Chris Olave is, I guess, I don't know. I feel as if he worked in a system that really benefited his skill set. You had to pay so much attention to Jamison Williams because he was... I'm talking about Chris Olave and like his success in college. Yeah, he had Garrett Wilson as his. Oh, I'm sorry, Garrett Wilson. I apologize. Jameson played for Alabama. Um, Garrett Wilson was a stud, and he did so many things, and he's probably the primary option in the offense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think regardless with Ohio State, they have so many wide receiver prospects coming out of there, including Marvin Harrison Jr. coming out in a couple of years. Oh. Yeah, so I'm keeping my eye on him uh, coming out of the draft here in a couple of years. And they have, I mean, I don't want to dive too deep into, you know, like the college guys because it's not really worth our time right now. Um, but, man, like they just have a, they have a stockpile of wide receivers coming out of Ohio State in the next couple of years. So keep your eyes out on those guys. Yeah. Um, dang, man. Yeah, I mean, Chris Olave, 4-2-6. Um, I don't that's know, impressive, dude. That's it really is. fast. It is. It really is. I saw that my boy uh, Kyle Phillips. He threw up a four five. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's a wide receiver coming out of UCLA. Uh, Wait. All right. So me and Dugo just watched the combine. Uh, we're streaming it on YouTube right now. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember the name of that channel that we watched on? Uh, you know, I don't off the top of my head. Um, but you know, they did a really good job with it. It was uh, Fantasyland. Uh, Dynasty football. Yeah, Fantasyland Dynasty football. They had a really good cast out there. Um, appreciate them doing all that for us. All right, so you know what we we have a Dynasty league. Me and Dugo both playing it. We play with just a bunch of homies that we play fantasy with for a couple years mm-hmm. now. And one of our homies is really big on Chris Olave, apparently, in the 40s. He's really big into just, like, metrics, measurements, height, yeah. weight. He's the, like, analytical guy. Uh, we call him Erdner. I'm going to call Erdner and see what he thinks about Chris Olave. Throwing it on speaker. Yo. Holy shit. What? Christian Watson. What did you run? Four, two, six. He ran the same as a lot. Wait, what? Wait, no, no, no. Wait. He ran a four, two, eight, I think. Oh. Isn't he Trey Lance's boy from uh, North Dakota? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if he's a 4-3, I think that's going to bump him up. Bro, he is so explosive. He jumped a 38-and-a-half-inch vertical, and he had an 11-foot-4-inch broad jump, which is number one so far. Uh-huh. That's sick. Yeah, he seems, he seems explosive. Hey, you're on the podcast, by the way, so don't say anything, like, incriminating. It's going to be hard for a team to not take him at least in a round, in round two. I I don't know how he, any team's going to let him go in round three. I mean... Wait. God. So you're taking him over Chris Olave? Well, this Chris Olave... 
Olave running a four two six makes him a first rounder. I he mean, has to be. Teams, He's six one. Teams love speed. Marquise Brown was the first receiver drafted yep. in his class. Yep. Just because of his speed. I mean, yep. you, you want to stretch the field, but yeah. God damn, I, Christian Watson just. I mean, I wish he was a little bit heavier, but he's. And you watch some of his tape blocking down the field. That's a very well-rounded receiver. He has a really good prospect grade too. Do you ever use NFL.com for like their uh, like rookie projections analysis, like all that kind of stuff? Rookie projections and analysis. They do Uh, like a they do like a prospect grade basically. Um, maybe I've seen that after drafts and combines. I don't know. I don't really use much of NFL.com. Yeah, that's fair enough. He's a. Are just they're. It's insane how fast some of these guys are running around. Dude, this is a really great class. Yeah, there's some of these guys are just blazing speed. I mean, Garrett Wilson running a four three three. I think that's what his unofficial time was. Like Al Pierce had the same thing. How do I pass up on Garrett Wilson with my pick in our rookie draft at the one hundred two if he's available? I mean, it's tough. It's tough. It's gonna be tough to. Yeah, you're gonna have to pick. You're going to have to pick between him and Traylon Burks. Yeah, to be honest, I hope Greg takes Brees Hall just so I don't have to make that decision. Oh, my God. Running back just hold their value so well that at 102, it'd be hard for me to pass Brees Hall. Jesus. Um, but, but, God damn, I want Garrett Wilson or Traylon Burks so bad. Dude, imagine if Greg actually like said fuck it and just took Jameson Williams first overall. That'd be or Traylon Burks or Traylon Burks, like just a receiver no. in general. Yo, there's absolutely no way. I mean, if I have to, I will literally tell Greg to draft Brees Hall. Your sketch. Um, you can't tell him to do shit. No, I wouldn't actually. But collusion. Yeah, that I'm is collusion. Y'all are right now. Yeah. Um, his top two running backs are AJ Dillon and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, which isn't terrible. But then he has just Ch- Chuba Hubbard. He has Rashad Penny and Melvin Gordon, so I guess he has AJ not, Dillon too. I guess it's not oh, terrible okay. that. Yeah. He just doesn't have like an elite upside running back. Yeah, he needs Brees Hall. He needs a Brees Hall. Yeah, you're right. He's gonna take Brees Hall first. Other than that, his team not terrible, but yeah, he just lacks depth, which is it's usually what separates the good and the bad teams. Yeah. What do you think of uh, Michael Carter Williams? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a solid running back piece with that offense. It just guys like that it just comes down to if they get the passing game work. Yeah. If, if he can, it's like the same with Kenny Gainwell. I mean, if, if True. It's pretty similar because they're both in committees. I mean, we play half PPR. Yeah. Guys like that, I like a little bit more in PPR. But yeah. If he gets some early down work and secures the passing role, I, mean, I like pieces of that offense, which is weird to say because it's the Jets. It's the Jets, yeah, and it's a little. So, like, Zach Wilson is basically like the main counterpart you kind of got to worry about because everything relies on how well he like progresses in his development and so if he comes out next year and he takes that leap forward like Dugo's kind of hoping he does sure hope he does yeah yeah then all of those Jets weapons like take an immediate leap like I'm talking Michael Carter I'm talking Elijah Moore I'm talking 
Corey Davis, potentially Drake London, if they end up taking Drake London there. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone in that offense takes a really big leap forward. But if Zach Wilson can't get that team past two or three or four wins, then Michael Carter is someone I'm probably going to have to, you know, I, I'm going to have to be a lot lower on. Elijah Moore, even. Elijah Moore had an outstanding rookie year. But yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think Drake London is gonna go one ten to the Jets anymore. I don't think at ten, but maybe at the end of the first, beginning of the second, he could go because they have it's a ton of draft tough. picks. It's gonna be tough for teams to. I still think London goes early, but it's gonna be tough for teams to pass up on some of these other receivers and stay under London at this point. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. Just because of what they did at the combine. And to what you said about Zach Wilson getting more more than four or five wins, I think is what you said. Yeah. See, I don't really look at if they're able to get become necessarily a winning team for fantasy success just because, I mean, you look at Jameis Winston, the dude threw 30 touchdowns and 30 picks. They were an average team, but, I mean, it produced fantasy success. Like, if Wilson is willing to chuck it, yeah. Which I think he is. He's always willing to throw down the It field, might neg- yeah. negatively affect his stock a little because of picks, but. Yeah. I mean, you got to be able. You got to be willing to put your receivers in positions where they could succeed, even if it doesn't look great. Yeah. From perspective. Like, Give them the opportunity to make a play. Definitely. No doubt. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think he's will. I think he's willing to, and I like their coaches, so. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think they're turning around. Fair enough. Well, hey, I appreciate you tapping in. I'm gonna let you go. Um, I mean, I don't really mind. I'm just, I just love looking at these receiving. Are you watching the combine right now? I was. I mean, I got most of the forties from guys that I was interested in. Yeah. Jahan Dotson looks, looks amazing. I mean, he jumped. He jumped thirty-six inches. Yeah. Ran. What did he run? Uh, I got it. I'd I imagine got, like a four-four. I can get it here. Yeah. Uh, he ran a four-four-three. Yeah. Yeah, four four three. I mean, people were probably expecting a little bit faster, but that's ideal. That and he probably did it. Did he go twice? Uh, I'm not sure. A lot of these receivers ran it once and just said, "Fuck it," like just take my score as it is. Yeah, I mean, but they also have their pro days coming up too, so they're gonna have a no uh, a whole another opportunity to show what they have with the forty and all their other skill sets. Yeah. Yo, so what do you guys think of uh, George Pickens? Uh, shoot. Were we just talking about him? I think we were. Um, I'm I'm very in between on the guy. I think he should be something. I really do. Um, he ran a four four. Yeah, he ran a four four flat. Yeah, that's pretty dank. Which was very surprising for me. Yeah, I honestly, dude, I think so. The, his biggest gripe coming out of Georgia was that like. I think, like, his freshman, sophomore, like, uh, obviously he didn't get to play his junior because of his torn ACL. Um, But I think his biggest gripe was that he wasn't a very hard worker, like, on his run blocking and stuff. Like, he just went through the motions. Like, he wasn't really, like, faking out on his uh, routes or anything. Like, he kind of... He threw a punch in a game, too, right? Yeah, like, he kind of has just some of those underlying issues that teams don't really want to deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with this torn ACL, I think like just going through something like that and having like that mental diversity to fight back and come back and obviously run a four four and looking really good. 
I think maybe his work ethic may have changed with that process. I've, and so, you know, maybe he does become, maybe he does uh, come back a better pro than what he was. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I like guys that play with emotion. Yeah, that's for sure. He's, I think that if we give Drake London shit for being supposedly 6'5", 210, or whatever he was, mm-hmm. and everybody freaked out about his weight. George Pickens is 6'3", 190. Yeah, at at the combine thing. they had him one ninety five, so a little a little better, but not much. He's pretty wiry though. Yeah. One, you said one ninety five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not terrible, but it's a little light. It's pretty light, and so like you never know though. I mean, he could hit yeah, NFL, I mean, hit a you know, he could come into training camp at like two oh five, two ten. Yeah. He could he could put on some weight, and that's yeah. ideally, but. For sure. In terms of him getting on the field with the team, like, is he going to be in when they need to run block? Is right. he going to get held up on the line in press coverage? Like, yeah. when he's playing bigger DBs, like, how... Mm-hmm. Like, I know he can run fast, but how yeah. often is he going to get that opportunity? Yeah, especially like, if he is facing press. Uh, just one thing that, like, if you're watching film on the kid, uh, off the line, like, you know how with Devante, it seems like the DBs can't get his hands on him? Yeah. Uh, but Pickens is almost like the exact difference. Like, um, if you have like the corner playing off of him, he's able to kind of do his thing. Mm-hmm. But like off the line, it just seems like he just, I don't know, like he'll try to do like a little bit of like a hook to the left and like, you know, shoot back to the right. But mm-hmm. like, it, there's nothing dynamic with it. You know, like he, I don't know. Like, yeah, he's explosive. I think like he's just, he's known like he's been like better than everyone like his whole life, it seems like. And, like, yeah. in high school, like, he was able to get away with some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And college, you're still kind of get a, you're, you're going to be able to get away yeah. with some of that lackluster uh, off-the-line technique. Um, and I think, I don't know, I don't, I hope the NFL doesn't shock him with that. I think he knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I hope he's trained for it. I hope he does. He played at Georgia, though. Yeah, I mean, he's so he played in the SEC. Yeah. yeah, that's sick. Yeah, so that definitely helps him, too. I don't know. Um, are you are you taking George Pickens in the second or third round? Are you talking about in the NFL? Or Let's in, go both. Yeah, tell me yeah. where would you take him if you're uh, organization in the draft, and just you in dynasty going in the fr- or going into the rookie draft. Where are you taking? I mean, in in the NFL, just just like I was talking about earlier with Christian Watson. I mean, there's there's a ton of wide receiver talent in this draft like there's not a ton of I guess elite talent but you look at some of these guys that, I mean Garrett Wilson Traylon Burks there's still some really good elite prospects but the depth I mean the second and third rounds of the NFL draft I think are going to be littered with receivers oh yeah but, like George Pickens it's going to be hard for him to fall into the third round like I don't know how you let a guy like that drop it in the third round but I don't think it happens. Yeah. I wanted to ask, um, I know where I stand, but how do you guys feel about David Bell? He ran, I think, His... like 4-6 something. Yeah, 4-6-8. And... Yeah, he had a really bad combine. I'll, be, I'll, yeah, I'll keep it above. Good, but... Yeah, God, I love his talent. Dude. I think he's talented as fuck, but like he had a he bad combine. Shredded. He yeah. shredded Iowa. Yeah. They were one of the best defenses in the country. And he went for 240 yards in a yeah. big game. Like, that is, that's just stuff that you can't show in a combine. So, sorry. what really worried me wasn't the 40. 
I know that he ran like a four six. He ran a four six twice because he ran it a second time. Yeah, no, four six five. Not, he ended with. Yeah, so like obviously you see that speed isn't something that isn't maybe his strongest suit. But I was watching him catching catching you know passes from the quarterbacks, and he had a couple drops there too. Mm-hmm. And so like I mean. Like, can he run routes? Definitely. So should you draft him? Definitely. But where do you draft him is really the big gray area. Like, that's the spot to where I think yeah. you have a lot more um, ambig- ambiguity, you know? I think he I think he plays faster than he runs, honestly. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know, man. Like, just, like, some of, like, those cuts. Like, he – you're right. He, he definitely isn't a speedster. But I think when he's making those routes, like, he gets people on their asses. Like, they, he breaks ankles. Extremely efficient. Yeah, yeah, like, he, I don't know, like, he, he's truly, he, he's efficient with what he is. Um, I, There was some people, like, making comparisons to him, almost like a Devontae Adams coming out of. That's a, uh, that's not well, fair. Well, you gotta look at, that's like. That's not fair. You gotta look at yeah, where Devontae Adams was coming into the combine, though. You can't look at what he is as a finished product. Regardless, that's not fair, because you could find similar comps that didn't end up being Devontae Adams. Well, of course. I'm just saying, like. When you say Devontae Adams, you're implying that there's the upside of Devontae Adams. I mean, they're definitely, I'm, maybe not the true upside of Devontae, you know, being a true one, but I definitely think he could be a extremely efficient wide receiver I, in the NFL. I don't. I think that I was think a really someday unfair we could comp. Be, maybe someday we could see him being a top ten. Who knows? That was like a TV draw comp. Maybe, mm-hmm. man. No, like you no, definitely no, get some clicks on that. But I think people were comparing him to Devontae pre combine because I mean people sort of knew the writing was on the wall. He was not going to be that athletic. No. Yeah. Uh, and Devontae didn't test out that athletic. But the thing about Devontae was he was a second round pick. And I sent something in our group chat, but think I don't value the 40 a ton but NFL GMs might and it usually will correlate to certain draft capital so him running a 4.65 it is not the end all be all NFL GMs don't like that and he falls into day 3 it's going to be tough to buy in on David Bell because that draft capital Devontae had it he was a second round pick Dave, David Bell's NFL comp to me is like Jeremy Macklin, but maybe a tad bit slower. That's an interesting comparison. I mean, I could I could see why you think that. I think he's uh, Jeremy Macklin at his peak. Josh, and, Macklin was so fast. He was fast, exactly. So that's the thing about David Bell. I think David Bell, like Dougal says, plays a little bit faster than what his 40 is. Mm-hmm. Um, just how he cuts, accelerates out of cuts and things like that. But I think yeah. in terms of his route running ability, he's still top tier. He runs great routes for the most part. They're not as fast and as quick, but they're crisp and they're clean. Mm-hmm. And he's where he needs to be and where the quarterback expects him to be to give him a 15 yard out route or yeah. a 20 yard corner, you know, corner strike. So I think he runs routes very well, but I don't think that he has that burst to go and break it off for a touchdown, unless there's like no, just bad no. coverage. It's actually I my comparison. It's interesting. It's, it's, it's an easy guy to compare to because I mean he's a big name, but Calvin Ridley, if he were less athletic, which is funny because I, Calvin Ridley is not super athletic, and it's also funny because Garrett Wilson I see as a Calvin, Calvin Ridley, Ridley. Kind of player. Yeah. But, far more athletic. Really? And David Bell is like Ridley, 
but he's just less athletic. It's kind of a lazy comparison because it's basically just they're all very good route runners and tacticians. In the Damn, you compare Garrett Wilson to Calvin Ridley, though? Garrett Wilson, yeah, it's, he's like, he plays like Calvin Ridley, but with juice. He's pretty. He's heavier than Calvin Ridley, though. What'd you say? He's heavier than Calvin Ridley, isn't he? Like by like 10, 20 pounds. Because Calvin is pretty light. Twenty pounds heavier. He's Garrett Wilson is six foot one eighty eight. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, he can't be that much. Damn. Huh. I didn't think about that. No. And I I I was about that. He's at one ninety two. Damn. Okay. Six foot one ninety two. Yeah, that's solid. Ridley's probably around there, but that's the thing about Ridley. It's like you were saying with Bell. Yeah. He's not going to be much after the catch because of the lack of athleticism. Huh. Hey, Edner. Separates Wilson. At the combine, they had him uh, six foot one eighty three. Calvin Ridley. No. Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson. Oh, really? One eighty three. One eighty three. Wow. He probably just wasn't also like. You think he was cutting weight for the 40s? Yeah, like, I don't think players are the same weight in the offseason as they are in season. I don't think he was no. cutting weight for the 40. I think he, I don't know what happened to him. He might have. They, might, combine, just been, they like, might have just been boosting him up at Ohio State the whole time. I mean, this isn't the first time this has happened. He could have just been heavy when he weighed in that one day. Maybe. Interesting. Because I know running backs sometimes will, you know, put out a weight just for the combine, or, yeah. take off, or take off weight, whatever you're looking to do. Yeah, a lot of athletes will, just in general. Like, mm-hmm. some will bulk up so they can lift more, and, yeah, no, that's the thing. So that's interesting. I'm not going to hold Wilson's weight against him, just because I don't think he's ever had, really, a significant injury. Yeah. Take that with a grain of salt, because I'm not sure, but... he has a, He's going to be a great prototype for so. dynasty success. He should be in the top three of fantasy drafts this year. Yeah, I, I think Regardless so, of so. one, two, or three, you need to take yeah. him at the top of the draft. Jamison Williams is another guy, too, who's going to go lower because of his ACL, but mm-hmm. he is amazingly talented. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a complete receiver. He can do everything well. Speaking of juice, Jarvis Landry is probably not going to end up on the Browns next year. I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think he's going to be there. No, nah, he's been talking that shit, and like... Let him get his shit off, because Odell just got a ring. Facts, man. I don't know. Like, we've, we've seen a lot of people definitely, like, kind of take their own destiny into their hands. Which I, I give them all the power to do that. I think it's a great thing to do. Um, You know, I think taking your power and utilizing it to make sure, like, you want to, you, you get out of your career what you want. Like, obviously, OBJ, he wanted a ring. He went and got his ring. Now, if he wanted, he could retire. Yeah. Um. Honestly, like, I I was a really big OBJ fan, like, from the jump. I drafted him in 2014 in a redraft. He was a super late-round pick. Uh, he was injured the first few weeks of his career, so you basically didn't have to draft him with any draft capital. And he did a lot for me. He That was a really memorable season in my fantasy history because of what Odell, you know, was was doing. That was the year he had, you know, the quote-unquote catch uh, against the Cowboys on Sunday night football. Yeah, that was a dead catch. That was a crazy catch. And, like, I say all that to say, like, I'm a really big fan, and I have been. But he should consider retirement. 
Yeah. He's 30. He's made guap. He's been on three different teams. He has his ring. He has a kid now. He has his girl. Like, dog, like, you don't have to show us anything else. Yeah. You were a contributor in the Super Bowl game. You got your touchdown. You had a couple catches. The defense focused on you the whole first half. You don't have anything else to prove besides you can come back from another injury. And, like, do we need to see that more than... His I would just, yeah, sure. like, you should just be healthy and, like, live in life. Like, dog, like, you're a celebrity. Like, you can go do movies now. You can go just be a socialite and make money in a thousand different ways. Advertisements, you know. You're old now, Beckham Jr., dog. Like, you don't need football anymore. Honestly. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, if he does go off, good for him. I think he's made a great career, and obviously he has plenty of other things he can do. So. No doubt. No uh, props to him for getting out and obviously getting out before. That's not hate. That's, much a, damn it. that's not hate either. That's a that's like a shout out. Like, yeah, yeah. I think he's he's earned it. Like even crazy. Like go enjoy that. Like go live life. Yeah. Good. You know, yeah. Good, yeah. Good on you, OBJ. Whatever sure. you do, man. Uh, speaking of players that are, I guess like in terms of dynasty leagues, they're kind of there's a lot of question marks around them. What do you do if you're a Devin Singletary owner? Um, if you're a Devin Singletary owner, I think at this point you kind of have to hold him. Um, you don't trade him before the draft. I mean, that's kind of the thing. It's whatever you think you have, whatever you think the Bills will do. Honestly, like if you have any sort of insight with the Bills and like if they're looking to draft a running back, then maybe you trade them before they draft someone in like the second. You know, like what if they do get someone and scoop it. What if? Um, and they turn out to be a huge thing. Or like I even saw they were uh considering trading for uh Saquon, which they should do. That would be crazy. I that think, would be the perfect match. And yeah, I think yeah. you have uh you know you you have so many walls on that team, and then to be able to really, I don't know, like you finally have like a star running back. Like I feel that team they've had like a bunch of like just plug-in plays the last couple of years. Saquon on the Bills just makes sense, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it just it just sounds like like it makes sense, you know? Yeah, I could definitely see it. You need a big back in Buffalo. Like, you're playing outdoor games. You got, you know, Josh Allen, Stephon, Dawson Knox. Mm-hmm. Like, you guys are kind of like a gritty, like, finesse, but also can hit him in the mouth. Like, Devin Singletary is a pretty, like... You know, he's a smaller back. He's like five ten, but he's not scared of contact. No, no, he yeah, he doesn't shy away from contact. You're not wrong. Yeah, uh, Devin Singletary definitely could take a punch to the mouth. Zach, like... Zach Moss was the same way too. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like if you can get Saquon who can catch and can run, and you know has enough talent to be drafted fifth or sixth overall in the NFL draft, like imagine what that does if you sign him to a second contract and a good deal, right? For your team with Josh Allen. You don't have to rely on Josh Allen every single game anymore. They now have to be honest. Right, yeah. I mean, like, you, you got to start to kind of stack the box a little bit. You got to, like you said, keep them honest. You can't let them have five, six DBs out there at a time. I mean, no. DBs have a hard enough time trying to tackle Saquon. I mean, you, They get tired, too. Yeah, you'll have to have some mismatches out there, and you'll have to, obviously, the Bills know how to take advantage of those. So, good on them if they do that. Where, Dude, what would you trade for Saquon? Would you give him, like, a second, or? I would give him an early second. Yeah. You're not touching any of my first for Saquon. Yeah, that's fair. Fuck that. 
that's a terrible trade. If you trade yeah. a first for Saquon right now, as talented as Saquon can be, we haven't seen it in almost three years. Yeah, he is an injury bug. Like, um, once you get over a year, once you get to two years of injuries, I'm out. Yeah. Because after that point, I feel as if I can't really rely on you. And that was, the one mistake I made with that was, uh, I think, Keenan Allen. Okay. He tore his ACL one year, and then he had another injury the second year, but then he hasn't really been hurt the last few years. No, he's been popping off. He was just a top 10 receiver. But he's the exception because every other time else that, you know, a situation similar happens, the player usually ends up being a bust. Devontae Adams continues to get hurt. I wouldn't say hurt, hurt. Like, he wasn't tearing his ACL off for the no, season. you're right. He was just getting dinged up and playing through it. Yeah. I meant, like, they can't play, like, they just, for whatever reason, seem to end up in the medical tent all the time. Mm-hmm. Saquon's one of those players that spends a lot of time in the medical tent. He does. Yeah, the trainer's got to be his best friends. And, like, he's so heavy, but the way he twitches is, like, kind of Odell Beckham-ish. Yeah, it's almost unsafe for his body. It's like <laughs> he twitches so quickly and, like, at weird angles because he makes different types of cuts and, like, yeah. he weighs a lot. So, like, it never, like, you do that a couple of times over and then... One of those times, like, you're going to put too much weight on your ankle, or... Right, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it can just go downhill. Yeah, it's not, it's not, yeah, like, it's one of those things to where it would worry me a little bit. You know, another person who's kind of had me worried, uh, not necessarily worried, but I just don't know what to think of him coming into this next season, coming off an injury, uh, Travis Etienne. What do you think about oh. him, man? Um, you know, he got drafted in like the late, uh, first round last year. Uh, you know, the Jags went and got Trevor Lawrence's boy and early in dynasty, you know, I don't know, man, like this guy, he definitely, he, he, I, I think he was a stud in Clemson. I truly do. Mm -hmm. Um, and then obviously he goes off and I'm not sure if he tore his ACL or if he tore his Achilles, I forgot which injury he had. Yeah. But, you know, it's unfortunate, but he's coming back. And, I mean, we've seen numerous people come back from ACLs, and we just saw Cam Akers come back from his Achilles injury. So, mm-hmm. you know, hey, like, I don't know. If he comes back next year ready to rock, I think he – if you're in a redraft league, I think you could still have this guy as, like, a bona fide number one back because I don't think the Jags are going to draft anyone else. Yeah. Like, I mean, they have James Robinson, which, I mean, he's going to steal some carries. But, yeah, the mm-hmm. – you have Travis Etienne, who I think they drafted last year to be the number one in that room. And I think this year is going to come to a fruition. I agree with you. I think that his value in redrafts is going to be a lot cheaper than what it's going to be in Dynasty. Yeah. Because Dynasty holders, obviously, are all in it for the long run. So, like, dude got hurt one season. Yeah, that sucks, but it's like... They're still probably going to hang on to the dude and, like, give him another season to prove himself. Oh, 100%. Yeah, they just drafted him in the first round. I mean... Like we were talking about a couple minutes ago, like, I need at least two injury seasons in a row before I start considering trading, like, a young a young supposed stud. And so Travis Etienne in redraft leagues is going to go really late. And he's going to go really late because he sat out all of last year, people forgot about him, and they're going to overdraft James Robinson. I, don't, I mean, if you're in a decent redraft league... I, I think he's still going to go probably around, like, 10. I, I, I think if he slips past 10, I think it's kind of a joke. I agree with you, but the thing is, to get a top, R, to get an RB1 or RB2 
You typically have to spend capital within the first... Like the first five. Three to five rounds. Yeah. You gotta spend fourth round capital, fifth round capital on your RB2 maybe. Yeah. At worst. So imagine getting a RB2 in round 10. Yeah, I don't know if that's like that's a league 10. winner. That's a league winner, but you just yeah, said ten. I mean, like if he slips, like I'm, I'm just saying, like that's, if, that's I, like if you're if you're drafting like with a bunch of scrubs though, like I, if you know, like if if you have a peep, like if you have a like a, a league with people who actually like, pay attention and like you're listening to this podcast, they're listening to this podcast, like they understand what's going on in fantasy. I think then like they understand like hey Travis Etienne if they if they truly slip past like. Yeah. Five or six. You might be doing something wrong, folks. I don't know. Like, I think, like, he might drop a little just because he does have a little bit of a target share probably happening with James Robinson to start. Mm-hmm. But, dude, I think I think by the end of the year, I think he, he'll he be the bona fide number one. 100%. <sighs> yeah. He has, and he's a really good pass catcher. Which Extremely well. Really helps you if you play a half or a full PPR league. Good block or two, so you know he can be out there every third down. And it's the Jacks, so you know they're going to be behind a lot. Yeah, so he's, he's going to get a lot of run. Yeah, T. Lawrence is going to need some checkdowns. His redraft status next year is TBD, but I'm really big on Travis Etienne next year. 100%, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, just keep it in the same conversation. Where would you put James Robinson, then? I would keep James Robinson two to three rounds behind ETN. Yeah. Wherever ETN goes, whether that be the fifth, sixth, eighth, give me James Robinson in the tenth then. For sure. You know, someone's name that's been coming up a lot lately in the last few weeks, just like after the season, Amari Cooper. I mean, he seems like he's on the trade block. I don't know if the Cowboys have truly said, yes, we want to get rid of him or anything. Because why would why would a team want to get rid of Amari Cooper? Yeah. But, like, dude, like, I feel like that wide receiver room could lose someone. And he's going to be having such a big hit on their cap to mm-hmm. where, like, they could definitely bring in some other people if they were to get rid of, uh, you know, someone that has as big of a cap hit as he does. At, like, so, like I'm sorry, but, like, like I just said, that room is already crowded. You yeah. Can, let go of cap. It just seems like it wouldn't win. And Amari gets his touches again. Like, I think he's kind of pissed that he's in such a big uh, target share over there. Uh, where do you think his landing spot is? Where would you like to see him? If so, you own him. Speaking of Travis Etienne, I would think that it would obviously either be the Jaguars. I could see the Chargers. Okay. The Chargers are someone losing Mike Williams. Uh, they have Keenan Allen out there. Maybe yeah, he'd be just... a really good compliment. Maybe you just double down on, like, the 27, 28-year-old receivers that are established. Yeah, like, hey, like, Justin, here are the pieces. We want you to go win it now yeah. type stuff. I, I could see that for sure. Amari in Kansas City would be amazing. That would be stupid. I don't know if the Chiefs really need to draft. Or I don't know if they need to trade someone. I don't yeah. know if they had the cap, really. But the Cowboys trading them to the AFC is why I think the Chargers and the Chiefs could be potential landing spots. That makes sense. But Obvious- I guess, like, another landing spot could be, like, the Browns. Or- I could see the Browns. But here's the thing about Amari. Is that he's 27. I think he'll be 27 or 28 by the next year. Yeah. The thing about Amari is that he's one of those players that doesn't strictly rely on his physicality to win. <laughs> he's an amazing route runner. He runs really crispy, crisp, like, leaves you with broken ankles type of routes. Yeah. He's in a... 
outstanding route runner, which is always going to translate to more success as he gets towards, you know, more towards the latter part of his career. So the thing with him is that he's going to be, whether it be as a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, mm-hmm. shit, even a red zone target, he's going to have importance for offenses for the next three to five years. Okay, so... Just because of his skill set and how well he is, and he's only 27 right now. Yeah, I feel that. So, I mean, obviously, uh, Devontae Adams, I think he's like 31, 32, so Mm -hmm. they have like a five-year difference, and Tay seems like he's only getting better and better. Tay's like 28? I thought Devontae was in his 30s. Is he? Yeah, I thought so. I I thought so, at least. I thought Devontae Adams is definitely, I thought, like 31 or 32. You could be right. Um, but like, regardless, like with that being said, like it just shows that, Hey, uh, this guy could definitely have a lot of, uh, time left as well. It seems like, uh, Mari hasn't taken a bunch of huge hits in his life. He's 29. Yes. Yeah. Devante is 29 years old. Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of years, but like, I don't know. I, I don't know if, uh, 30 in December. Yeah. 30 in December. So who knows? I don't think Devante's going to see a huge drop off once he hits 30. And I also don't think uh, Amari has taken a bunch of huge hits in his life to make yeah. him, you know, have any huge but regression. So that's exactly why I agree with you on that point. But also, as we just said about Devonte, like Devonte, why are still we comparing in... everyone to Devonte? Because Devonte is the goat. <laughs> he is. He is the goat. But Amari's like two years younger than Devonte, and we're already projecting Devonte to have another year or two, regardless of Aaron Rodgers or not. Yeah. You got to at least give Amari three out of respect because he is a damn good receiver. For sure. So, so like, I guess, walk me through what you're thinking right now as a Amari owner. Like, do you want to get rid of him? Or yes. do you, why exactly do you want to get rid I of him? I want to get rid of him because I think his value is somewhat peaking. Okay. Because you don't know where he's going, but the place that he's coming from has an amazing passing offense. So, even if things all fall down and he stays there, mm-hmm. he still has a tremendous ceiling. Facts. That's true. So, regardless, he's in a win-win situation. Okay, and I guess someone looking to buy him, like, what would they... What you have they to give to? up a first out of respect. Because he's 27 and he's been an established wide receiver one or wide receiver two. His reputation and his resume is too good to take anything less than at least a late first. If you do a late first for Amari straight up, that's a fair-ass deal. Because you're... You're essentially risking a borderline wide receiver two or round two receiver. Yeah. And in return, you're getting a wide receiver one, whether he stays or goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a pretty good assumption for where you can value him. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he he's, a, he's a do-it-all uh, wide receiver out there. He truly can do whatever you want. Uh, just like you said, he's just limited right now with that market share. So once he gets out of there, if he does... Uh, I think he definitely has a little bit more of an upside. If he doesn't, I think he's still going to be probably around, like, uh, top 15. So Can you imagine if he takes DJ Chark's spot in Jacksonville? I think DJ Chark's going to stay around there for a while. You think so? Yeah. I think, if anything, he might take Chenault's spot. No way. Or honestly, well, Chenault's well, on a contract well, for, like, yeah, two more years. Yeah, Chark is gone. You're right there. Chark's out of here in free agency, basically. Yeah, and it didn't seem like he wanted to go back. From yeah. what I had seen, I don't know. I I guess that scheme, Yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens with Doug Peterson down there. I think that could be a really good fit. And I think he'd know how to utilize Amari really well. 
I mean, he was able to win a Super Bowl with Alshon Jeffrey, for God's sakes. Dude, we should go to Houston. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. That would be sick. I don't know, man. Um, you know, a couple more talking points. I just... There's someone out there right now. I think we may have touched on him earlier. Okay. But I don't like this guy all that much. I think you may have loved this guy for the longest time. Oh. And I'm not sure what your thoughts are, but Scary Terry. Oh, shit, dude. Do you remember no, how I'm much here. you love this guy? No, I'm here for Scary Terry. I'm here for Scary Terry. Alright. First off... Oh, my God. Where do we start? All right. Start with your love of him. Do you love him still? I never loved him. Bullshit. I never loved him. Never, oh. ever. So, Scary Terry is 26 years old. Scary Terry, for the last two to three years, if you played, you know, Dynasty Leagues, if you've even played Redraft Leagues, he's been touted as this great prospect because he was the number one option on the Washington team, and he was apparently pretty young. He was drafted not too long ago. I think that he was drafted, I want to say, in like 2018, something like that. 2019 he was drafted. And so it's 2022 now. We're entering the 2022 draft. So he's only been around for two to three years. So everyone has like this tremendous ceiling for him without realizing or I guess at least referring to the fact that when he got drafted, he was already 23 years old. Yeah. Scary Terry is going to be 27 by the time the 2022 NFL season starts. Sure. Amari Cooper is 27 right now. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. It seems like Amari's been in the league forever. Let me repeat that. Terry McLaurin is going to be 27 years old at the beginning of the 2022 season. Amari Cooper is currently 27 years old. That's wild. I never thought of it that way. Do you think, like, Terry McLaurin, like, came from, like, a different dimension and it, like, just so happened to turn 27? Like, I just, I, I would never have pictured him being that old. He was like, born in September of 95. God dang. Wow, man. Like, that's crazy. And the thing is, he's never finished as a wide receiver one either. No, he's people, never finished close. People always reference him like he has, like, just this tremendous ceiling. Like, he has all this room to grow. Mm -hmm. But my biggest thing has been, he's been the primary option on a shitty team that always has to throw to catch up. And he's never finished as a wide receiver one as it is. That's without help on the other side of him. So imagine what happens when the Washington team drafts another receiver, which they'll probably get this year and it was in a receiver-heavy draft. We gotta stop calling the Washington team. They're now the commanders. They're the... Bum, 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 bum. We are commanders. Bum, 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 bum. That's sick. That's awesome. I love it. I'm here for the energy. Um, That's some nasty ass energy. But dude, like, do you think like maybe everyone is so high on him because like they see like what he can do? Like he's he's pretty dank out there. He is good, but, but like he, I think he's limited. Like I think, I think Taylor Heineke, I think he's a decent quarterback. But like if you had him like on a prolific offense, I think he'd be different. I think if Terry McLaurin had a Josh Allen or somebody like that, his ceiling would be higher. Right. But until the until that happens, until the Commanders go get themselves a quarterback that's proven, I I've seen him at his peak. I mean, I've seen him when the team was shitty; they were always throwing, and he was the number one option. Facts. And Antonio Gibson wasn't as involved. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I've what we've seen is his target share probably at the maximum it'll be in his whole career. For because sure. you would hope that the team gets better from a bunch of different angles. Uh-huh. But the dude's going to be 27 at the beginning of the season. We've seen him as the number one option for about three years. We never get the results that we want to get out of him by the end of the year. Right. And realistically, I mean, if they go out and get somebody like a Drake London, like a Jameson Williams, like a, you know, Jahan Dotson, any of like the top five, top six, top seven wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, I can't explain why I would like Terry more than I liked him any of the past three years. And in the past three years, I've already been kind of off of him. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, so I guess kind of like how we were talking about with the other folk, as an owner, like you are with uh, Amari, what would you trade for this guy if you needed like a wide receiver? And like if you wanted someone that had like maybe everyone's a little lower on him right now. Um, on Terry or Amari? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Let's walk it back. On Terry McLaurin now. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like what we were talking about with Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Where, how, what would you want to give up for this guy if you were owning would... him and if you were trading for him? Uh, what do you think is the right uh, thing to give up? Obviously, you don't want to give up a first for this cat, I don't think. I would give up a first for Terry McLaurin. You would? I think you have to just out of respect because he's been... At the end of the season, I mean, I'm looking at it now. He ended last year as a wide receiver 25, the year before as a wide receiver 20, and the year before as a wide receiver 29. Yeah. So he stays in that lane of being like a wide receiver too. But if the Washington team goes out and gets another, you know, good receiver, better than Curtis Samuel or... You know, who's the other guy? All the other dudes that they have in the receiving core. I mean, you can't expect that anymore if he gets less target share. Don't let it be that they get a new quarterback in two years when he's negotiating his contract. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like, I think that he was a little overrated coming out. And he has the ability to step into the next lane of, like, elite wide receivers. Yeah. But I think that we've already seen him at his peak opportunity. I think he's just kind of been limited because... His quarterback isn't ever great, but, I mean, regardless, like, when you look at it last year, my man still got 130 targets. The year before, he had 134 targets, which is a lot of targets. Yeah. You had 130 targets last year. And you ended up as a wide receiver, like, 23. True. True. How does that happen? I don't know. I mean, I guess you could say they're trash targets, but, like, for reference, at least, if you want to hear, like, what that compares to, last season, Jamar Chase had 128 targets. Yeah. And Jamar Chase ended the season as the wide receiver 5, wide receiver 3 if you're in standard leagues. Yeah, so, you know, maybe if he didn't have... Like, so every target, like, do they count, like, even, like, ducks and stuff like that? There's more specific stats and stuff that kind of breaks that down. But I'm saying, you got 130 targets and you could barely crack the wide receiver two ranks. Mm -hmm. Why the fuck would I ever take you as a wide receiver one? Yeah. I can't, I can't make that make sense. And so people have, like, this value on him because he's only been in the league three years. 
going on his fourth, but mm-hmm. they don't understand that by the time the next year starts, he's 27 years old. Yeah. I'm not saying that's old by any means, because he still probably has a lot of time left. For sure. But, I mean, T. Higgins is going into his third year, and he's like 24. Yeah, he's extremely young. He might even be He might be 23. He might be yeah. 23 next year. And so, like, you're talking about a four-year difference. Yeah, so, like, from a dynasty perspective, there's obviously a change of value. I guess, But, actually, like, in redraft... McLaurin's a year older, I want to say, or his draft was 19 and Higgins was 20. I think so. Maybe. You you might be right on that, but regardless, yeah. but what you're saying is... That's still, like, a three-year... Yeah, so where jump. would you take... Where would, where would you take these... Where would you take Terry in, in a redraft? In a redraft, he would be my... Fourth option, probably most likely, but if I could get him as my fifth, like my fifth round pick, yeah, that would be ideal. That'd be nice. That'd be super cool. But I know there's always that dude who's like Terry's just his Everyone guy. Loves, like there's always someone in every draft that, that loves Terry McClone. They'll take him in like the third or fourth for yeah, sure. For Which sure. I mean, with those targets, 130 targets, or any you you gotta yeah. because. Like, let's see, like, who is the quarterback there next year. And, you know, maybe if some of those targets turn into more catches, catches turn into yards, yards typically turn into touchdowns. Like, um, if, if they don't get a quarterback next year and they're still playing with Taylor Heineke or they, like, have to play with Jimmy G or something, like, that's only going to last a year or two. Right. Like, they're just stalling until they can get into a draft position and a good draft or a draft that's not this draft totally yeah they i mean i think they'd be in like a perfect position to take like an outstanding quarterback in any other draft but this year like i think i think they're sitting like 15 or something like roughly yeah i think think, like regardless of who they're taking i think it's they're reaching yeah like even if they fall in love with like a malik willis or um, whoever it may be, a Sam Howell, Matt, uh, Corral, Kenny Pickett, you know, whoever it might be, I don't know. Like, I just, I just think whoever it is, they're reaching. What do you, what do you think on the, what do you think about these quarterbacks? I'm really big on Kenny Pickett. You're big on Kenny Pickett. Why? Give me, give me a little synopsis on him. I watched his tape because as you guys know, I don't watch college football. Mm-hmm. Watched his tape. Tape went kind of crazy. He was just fucking running around, like, throwing darts to every different part of the field at completely crazy angles. He seemed to always be, you know, having his head down the field. Uh, Composed. Looking for the play. Looking for the right play. Mm -hmm. But another thing about him, too, is that he's accurate. And so his release is a little weird. If you ever see Kenny Pickett throw a football, it looks a little different than how it typically looks in during the NFL game. Do you think it's because of the size of his hand? I don't know, but I think that's what caused the controversy over his hand size. For sure. Didn't he get measured at like eight and a half inches or something like that? I'm never speaking on a man's eight and a half inches. Eight and a half, half inch hand size. Hands. Kenny Pickett is going to be a great quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> and I believe that whatever team gets him is going to benefit tremendously. And if you have that team's respective wide receivers, 
You should. You think there's going to be some upside with it? No doubt. And I think he might go to the Panthers at six. Interesting. I, I mean, we did see, like, a little thing during the combine where, I guess, like, his first initial, uh, his first initial uh, commitment was to Temple where Matt Rule was the coach of. So, you know, kind of like with uh, Cliff Kingsbury where he always wanted uh, Kyler Murray but never got the chance. You know, maybe this is their opportunity to uh, lock up together and, you know, see what they can do. I could see it. Um, so, yeah, man, I could definitely see some stuff like that. I don't know if I would see them taking him at six, though. I feel like they'd probably trade do. back. I think you could get him a little later in six. I think he's a quarterback, so you have to take him at six. I don't know. If he's available at six, I mean, what else are you really going to trade back for? Like That's fair. It's well, such no, a, it's no, such like a valuable you, position. If you trade back, like, if you were to, like, be able to pick up, like, a third or something. Mm-hmm. Like, if you just, like, trade up, like, what if someone, like, really wants, like, Devin Lloyd or, yeah, like, Devin Lloyd or something. And, like, they try to jump in front of, like, the Patriots or something, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. That'd be tough. Uh, last question I want to ask you yeah. is, in terms of tight ends that you're buying higher than most people next year. Are we talking Dynasty, Redraft? What's up? Let's talk Dynasty. Dynasty? Someone that I am much higher on than I think a lot of other people. Uh, Jake Ferguson. He's a rookie coming out of Wisconsin. You big Wisconsin fan. Dude, but he's a big Wisconsin guy. He's 6'5". Oh. He's like 250. He's like a prototypical tight end, what you want to see. Yeah. Uh, he's a great blocker, so, you know, he's going to be out there on a lot of plays, so he's going to be able to boot on on play actions. Can he catch? Oh, he's a great catcher. Okay. I think he kind of got a little knock today at his combine just because I think he ran a little slower than what I wanted to see. What do you I, think his 40 would be? Um. Well, I'll pull it up for you because I was looking at it earlier. Okay. Uh, I think he was around like the four eight or something, which for a tight end isn't terrible. That's not bad, yeah. Yeah, he he ran a four eight one, so I mean like that's not terrible, but it seems like this guy is pretty explosive. His bench press was a little lower; he only had fifteen reps. So you like him for dynasty? I like him for dynasty. Yeah, he seems like he can be like one of those prototypical uh, tight ends. I don't think you need to spend much capital on him. I think if you get him in like the fourth or fifth. Um, depending on obviously where he falls in the NFL draft. Yeah. And like, if they have like an open tight end room and if you see him starting, I think he could go in like the fourth or fifth, but if he goes somewhere and like, you think he's just going to be like a developing player, mm-hmm. fifth max, if not, he might go undrafted in um, in dynasty. What about Trey McBride? Trey McBride, it depends on where he falls or where he goes. I don't think he's going to fall much really at all. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen like some mocks of him going to like the Packers and stuff. And I mean, obviously the Packers would need a tight end who could, uh, really stretch the field. I think honestly, I don't know the Packers. I feel like they're, they're kind of set at tight end, yeah. but like there's other, there's other teams that do need tight ends or prolific tight ends. I like trimming bride more than I like Pat Fryermuth last year. That's fair. I could definitely, yeah. I, and I also like him more than I like Cole Komet the year before. Sure. Yeah, definitely. I, I'm in the same boat as you. Which I believe this year he'll go in like the third round of a dynasty draft. Yeah. Maybe late second. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, if someone needs a tight end. Yeah. But if I had a mid-second and I was really drained at tight end, 
and I'm starting people like Jared Cook. I'm starting people like Austin Hooper. So you need someone with some like I need somebody who's gonna step in. Obviously, tight ends take some time to develop. Yeah. So you can play Jared Cook or Austin Hooper for another year. So would you keep them in a taxi? I wouldn't. I'd keep them in my taxi my first year. I wouldn't keep because you want to take a flyer on another tight end. If I, you have the roster space. Nah, I would, uh, I, I think McBride's gonna come in. I think he's gonna make an impact. I don't think he's gonna make, like, a huge Yeah, but you could just move him off your taxi if he makes an impact. True, but I don't think you want to lose out on those. No, um, like, I wanna... on the first couple games, I think, like, if he gets, like, a couple TDs, that's gonna hurt if he's on your bench or in yeah. your taxi. Yeah. I don't know. It, obviously, like we said, depends on the scheme that he goes to. That's fair enough, too. Um, but I guess tight ends overall that you could take flyers on in uh, Dynasty. Uh, you could always look towards like a Josiah Degara or mm. Degara. He's the Degara. tight end out of the Packers right now. He's going into, I think, his third year. Mm-hmm. Um, seems like he might be having a little bit of drop issues, and maybe the Packers are looking to get a tight end for that reason. Yeah. But. You know he might he might be uh, dropped in your league. So if you wanted to take a flyer on someone to keep in a uh, spot, he he could possibly pop off this year if they don't pick up another uh, tight end. Yeah, I uh, agree. Because Bobby, he's either gone or uh, Robert Tunyon, he's either gone or he's gonna be out for like the first half of the year with his torn ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, and they'll have Mercedes Lewis, I think. But uh, he's more of a blocking guy. So, Tunyon, mm-hmm. he could definitely step in. Or, I'm sorry, uh, Josiah Degara, he could step in, get some of those catches. He uh, He's a little bit of a faster tight end. And they actually had him playing, like, the H-back row as well. Um, like, the tight end or the fullback role. Yeah. So, he's able to kind of get shifted around out there. They, they like his versatility. So, I would take a flyer on him. But I'm obviously a Packers fan. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there. Noah Gray, shoot, man. Like, Noah Gray, yeah. I know you like Noah Gray. Big Noah Gray fan. So I don't know, man. Like, there's a lot of flyers out there. Go find your guy. Go find your guy. I mean, it's there's a lot of tight ends, man. Just I don't know. There's gonna be someone for you out there for sure if you're looking for one. I'm really big on John Bates. Why is that? John Bates for the rest or uh, for the Commanders. Okay. Because he played all 17 games last year. Mm-hmm. He had 20 catches, I think, throughout the year. Okay. He started, like, the last eight games, basically, of the season. Yeah. You, and... Where was he utilized most? Because I know... So, uh, he he averaged something around, like, two catches a game, okay. 26 yards a game, on maybe, like, two and a half, three targets a game. Yeah. Um. So, he was kind of like that probably third down, third down block and release passing option. Yeah. You know, I, yeah, I only asked that because I saw Ian Thomas of the Panthers. He just signed a new deal with them, mm-hmm. and like some people, are like, oh, like why would they do that? Like this and that. Oh, like he's, yeah, like I don't know. Like I just feel like, uh with the Panthers, I feel like Trouble's gonna be their next best receiving tight end. I think Ian Thomas is definitely more of a blocking guy, and so I don't know. Like I. I understand why they uh, why they signed him to a new long deal because I know they want to uh, obviously get a running game going and having those tight ends that can do it. Yeah. Um, and maybe Ian Thomas can uh, diversify his game and uh, become more of a pass catcher too. So mm-hmm. um, if you're an Ian Thomas or an Ian Thomas owner, 
he might be a flyer you could take a uh, or if you're not an owner of him he could be a flyer that you take as well I like that Ian Thomas is a scoop yeah I mean I don't think he's really all that world renowned out here I mean it's no different than how like the Packers kept uh, Mercedes Lewis around definitely but I think uh, he's still obviously younger than him yeah and uh, he ha- I think he has a high ceiling at this point since he just got signed to a new deal obviously the team wants yeah. him for sure well, shit, that's an episode. So, yo, thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate you. We're trying to get better every week, so drop comments. Let us know how we can improve. Um, I appreciate you guys. My name's Ja. I'm Dugo. If you want to hear more of Ender, let us know. We would like to have him on as well. Uh, yeah. If you guys hate him, let us know. Or if we hate him as well. So, <laughs> <laughs> If you guys want to tap in, too, like, I mean, just leave comments below and let us know. We'll, we're always on a call of fans, so. Absolutely. We'll appreciate um, you guys tuning in again. I'm Dugo. I'm Ja. And uh, yeah. We'll Let's see you guys get later. out of here, man. Get us get us a nice little beat. Oh, should I do some uh oh wait, 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 wait. I got it. Hey, hey. Alright, I might go through a rope. Wait, what? Wait, really? No. <laughs> hey. hey. hey.